At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote countdown with keith olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. He's behaved like a lot of things before, but until now, Trump has never sounded so desperately scared. Quote, Congress will hopefully now look at the ever-continuing witch hunts and election interference, it began. Congress, please investigate the political witch hunts, he begs, all caps. The only way they can win is to cheat. Stop them now, he pleads. Also, all caps. It is everything except, Mommy, I'm scared they caught me. What caused this yesterday? I mean, apart from the insanity. Via discovery, Trump received much of the Department of Justice evidence supporting the 37 counts against him. We know what happened this week. It was probably Wednesday. It included all the audio tapes, the vain, glorious interviews he gave, which are apparently peppered with references to documents and secrets. And I can't tell you this, but here goes anyway. Plus, if he didn't before, he now knows who testified against him and what they said. <laughs> Mark Meadows. <laughs> and all I can tell you is my own experience in what was just small potatoes compared to this. I sued Al Gore's TV network for $50 million. They sued me back. Much of the case hinged on how many times I used a given word in my emails I assumed I had not used it at all. The discovery came in, my own emails. It turned out I'd used it like 94 times. That was my, well, if it's big enough, I'll just take the settlement moment. And I wasn't under indictment or guilty of anything. Even for somebody rooted firmly in a fantasy world of his own creation, seeing what they have on him must be destabilizing. And remember, Dementia J. Trump starts each day pre-destabilized. Congress, please, and stop them now. 
And on Thursday, Trump even circled back to where we began on this case, and he also circled back to the day he first opened Pandora's political box. The documents indictments are, quote, election interference against me on perfectly legal boxes where I have no doubt that information is being secretly planted, which means that those documents that Trump owns that were his property, that he had the perfect right to keep and are perfectly legal and they're all declassified. And even if they weren't, they're still his. Now they are all planted again. And then there's the other circle back to the original campaign platform. Lock her up. Yesterday, Trump again insisted in an interview he would indict his opponents, but very fairly, of course. And that that's why they're doing this to him to prevent him from being reelected and indicting them. This is the way his mind doesn't work. Back at the investigation, The Guardian, meanwhile, confirmed what has been pretty obvious, at least the first part has been, quote, federal prosecutors investigating Trump's retention of national security material were examining evidence within weeks of the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago last year that he might have handled classified documents at his Bedminster Club in New Jersey, according to two people close to the matter, unquote. The conclusion, I think, is kind of new, Searches were made at Bedminster and nothing was found and clarity arrived when this whole beautiful mind explanation came into view that Trump is a kind of sophisticated pack rat, but not your traditional hoarder. Trump does not just pile up the mementos and the classified documents and the secret plans for war against Iran. He takes them around with him, apparently from Mar-a-Lago to Bedminster and then back to Mar-a-Lago again. Hence that continuing prospect that he may be indicted anew in New Jersey by Jack Smith for revealing the details of the secret documents there, even though the documents were or are in Florida. Since we last looked in on Trump in this interlude between indictment sets, there does seem to have been an increase in the paranoia and a decrease in the energy, and not just for him, but also for his sycophants. For eight long years, I have wondered... Maybe you have too. If the wear and tear of all this lying and scheming and evil stuff doing would ever affect Trump the way it would affect a normal person. It's very easy to lie continuously if the lies never have to sync up. Thus, your personal papers that you own and you declassified can also be plants at the same time and you don't waste one calorie of energy trying to get these sundry lies to line up correctly. However, some of the supporters are seeing stuff or wearing down themselves for the first time. Trump posted an all-over-the-map video yesterday. In it, he called Asa Hutchinson Ada and acted like everybody got what the joke was behind the insult. The right-wing BS artist Ian Miles Chong then tweeted, quote, Trump just released a bizarre statement. Not sure if it makes much sense. Well, it's an evergreen tweet, obviously, but you get my point. And then Mark Levin, the falsetto voice radio host, posted a news clip and wrote, Why are all the fat GOP guys like Christie, Hogan and Barr, Trump and DeSantis haters? Wait, why are the fat GOP guys like Christie, Hogan and Barr, Trump and DeSantis haters? So Mark... You're saying Trump is fat?
There is another Sam Alito all-expenses-paid vacation scandal. It is not nearly as startling and quid pro quo-ish as taking a $100,000 private jet trip to Alaska courtesy of a hedge fund guy and then voting for a Supreme Court judgment that gives hedge fund guy $2,400,000,000. But CNN got an on-the-record confirmation about this one from the director of the Notre Dame University Law School Religious Liberty Initiative that her group did indeed pay the traveling expenses for Alito to go to its conclave in Rome last July and give a speech there mocking anybody who dared to criticize him. No laws were broken because there are no laws governing Supreme Court justices, only the basic tenets of, you know, judicial honesty. The Notre Dame University Law School Religious Liberty Initiative has a legal clinic, and since its founding in 2020, it has filed a series of friend of the court briefs on cases being heard by the Supreme Court. Happily, Sam Alito always has another legal hair he can split in his own defense. Quote, my understanding is that the Notre Dame Law School's Religious Liberty Initiative has a number of components only one of which is a clinic that, like the legal clinics at many other law schools, files amicus briefs in the Supreme Court. I was not invited to speak in Rome by the clinic, unquote. Well, that's all right then, Sam. Obviously, the foremost problem you and I see here is the things that look like bribes, smell like bribes, sound like bribes, but legally are not bribes. But there is a subtler problem in the background, too. That Alito speech in Rome, the one that's okay because the Notre Dame Law School Religious Liberty Initiative paid for it, but the Notre Dame Law School Religious Liberty Initiative Legal Clinic is the one that files all the briefs to the Supreme Court. Well, it also contained an amazing bit of theocratic proselytizing in it. It stunned me then. It stuns me to this day. I'm reminded of an experience I had a number of years ago in a museum in, um, in Berlin. Uh, one of the exhibits was a rustic wooden cross. A young, uh, a, a, an affluent woman, a, a well-dressed woman and a young boy were looking at this exhibit and the young boy turned to the woman, presumably his mother, and said, who is that man? That memory has stuck in my mind as a harbinger of what may lie ahead for our culture. Why, son, that man martyring himself on the cross is Sam Alito. Can't you tell? And the third headline today, I am honestly indebted to Marjorie Taylor, Barney Rubble, white supremacist Karen Green, and boy, could you have gotten great odds that you would never hear me say that in my life. But who was it, after all, who extended the, quote, Marjorie Taylor Green called Lauren Boebert a, quote, little bitch, unquote, story yet another day? Why, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene who has extended the Marjorie Taylor Greene called Lauren Boebert a, quote, little bitch, unquote, story another day. That's who. She was good enough to explain to Semaphore News why she called Lauren Boebert a, quote, little bitch, unquote. Quote, 
She has genuinely been a nasty little bitch to me, unquote. Green retold the story as witnesses had broken it to the Daily Beast. Anna Paulina Lunatic was talking about impeachment when Boebert came over to Green to complain about Green's recent remarks about impeachment. I told her exactly what I think about her. They then argued over who had the biggest impeachment, and Green claims she told Boebert to shut up and, of course, asked about this by CNN afterwards. Boebert replied, quote, I'm not in middle school, like Boebert would know anything about middle school. So to recap this update on the Marjorie Taylor Green called Lauren Boebert a, quote, little bitch, unquote, story. Marjorie Taylor Greene tells Semaphore News, apparently official, she did call Lauren Boebert a, quote, little bitch, unquote. That's the way it is, Friday, June 23rd, 2023. Walter Cronkite, CBS. Okay, this is where I'll drop it. I promise. No more quoting Green, calling Boebert uh, a Boebert. I, I promise. I'm dropping it right now. It's falling out of my hands right now. That's it. We're we're done. I'm not going to I'm not going to do it anymore. Nancy Faust. If anybody can advance the Green Bobert B story, there's five bucks in it for you. Also of interest, Jeff Zucker to buy CNN. Zucker, I have an idea for your new 8 p.m. show. Let me just put it this way. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Dateline Washington, one more Republican presidential candidate, Will Hurd. Will Hurd? The political satirist? 
Oh, no, no, no. That's Will Durst. Will Hurd was a congressman from Texas. And before that, he was in the CIA. Great resume. Meanwhile, Florida Senator Rick Scott is reportedly looking at the weakness of the DeSantis campaign and thinking of jumping in because the guy who openly announced plans to cut Social Security and Medicare, and he looks like Voldemort from Harry Potter, is the kind of reasonable alternative to Trump that America seeks. Tell me more about the other one. Dateline Hamilton County, Indiana. The local chapter of the fascist group Moms for Liberty kind of gave the game away. The group which has been trying to take over school boards nationwide to stop any references to LGBTQ issues and erase all criticisms of white people in history classes launched a new online newsletter and volume one, page one, upper right, just before the masthead, a standalone, quote, white lettering on a blue background reading simply... He alone who owns the youth gains the future. Adolf Hitler. Version two of that from Moms for Hitler, uh, Moms for Liberty, was, oops, we forgot to mention we're against that and against Hitler. And no, see, it's the American government that is Hitler and... Uh, wait, we'll be back to you with version three of this in a moment. Version three was, we condemn Adolf Hitler's actions. We should not have quoted him in our newsletter and express our deepest apology. Version four will be the moms for Hitler liberty outside school singing Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber alles. And Dateline New York, it's quite a headline in the New York Post, quoting speculation that my former boss... The former CNN boss, Jeff Zucker, is a candidate to buy CNN from Warner Bros. Discovery, where they've been on quite a roll recently, cratering it and cratering HBO, or as it now calls itself, Max, in the Network Witness Relocation Program. And this week, they went after Turner Classic Movies. The idea that Zucker could get fired one year by CNN and then wind up owning the place 18 months later is intriguing and pleasing on several levels, and it sure couldn't be worse than what they have now. But you should note that the New York Post also, in the same story, reports that Comcast might buy Paramount and then sells CBS to Warner Bros., and Warner Bros. would then merge CBS with CNN or sell CNN in order to buy CBS, or, or, or Zucker could buy CBS because, well, because it's not easy to pad these speculative newspaper articles out to the requisite 12 paragraphs. Still ahead, Fridays with Thurber. They are all funny stories, but some Thurber stories are silly stories and some Thurbers are cynical stories, but at least one is a scary story. The black magic of Barney Holler ahead. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's first persons in the world. The bronze to Matt Genero, member of the Canadian Parliament representing part of Edmonton, he has raised the issue none dare ask. He has written to the Speaker of the House of Commons and demanded action. Quote, It has come to my attention that despite much anticipation, Taylor Swift's era's tour has neglected to include any Canadian dates or locations as she released her international dates, which include stops throughout Asia and Europe. 
First of all, that's really badly written. Secondly, Genero, with the support of two other members of the Canadian Conservative Party, says he is filing a, quote, official grievance. Although, quote, I don't know how one files an official grievance. And if that was not unserious enough for you, this chuckle-headed idea is not even original. Earlier in the week, some Australian politicians said they are filing grievances because Swift is only playing Sydney and Melbourne and not Perth and Brisbane. You should all get her indicted by the World Court at The Hague. A nice 20-year prison term will show her not to offend Edmonton and Brisbane. Runner-up Charlie Kirk, right-wing, mega-funded, mega-headed troll. I swear, each time I see video of him, his head is a little bit bigger than it was before. And I'm not sure if it's inflated or it's stuffed. Well, you knew this take was coming. It's not a surprise. It's still grotesque. Kirk says the Titanic tragedy tourists were killed by... wokeness. But he takes it one step further. First, Kirk blasted the Daily Beast for having reported that the founder of the Ocean Gate Company was a frequent Republican donor. As if that's like a super relevant thing, right? These people are repugnant, repulsive, and disgusting for publishing an article like that. To be honest, I kind of agreed with Kirk up till that point, but he could not take yes for an answer. His next words? Wait for it here. Quote, it is, however, separate to say that do you get your best in life? Do you get excellence if you care about things that don't matter? The CEO of OceanGate says he was choosing and selecting his personnel based on not wanting to have 50-year-old white guys. Then you could make the argument, albeit rather cruel and blunt, he killed himself and his customers with wokeness. Unquote. Is that twice as bad as that which Kirk had criticized? Yes, it is. But wait, he went for four times as bad. Quote, let this be a warning when we say that we want to hire more black pilots. Hold on, slow down. People could die if you embrace the poison of wokeness. Unquote. Yeah, watch out for that wokeness. Stick to the racism. Racism is always safe for you, Charlie. There it is. Can you tell he just hired the writer-producer who got fired by Tucker Carlson for too much racist posting? Oh, I don't like him. He's too racist for me. But our winners, Commissioner Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League. You may recall that after several years at the forefront of inclusion and charity of all kinds, the NHL suddenly got scared last winter when a Russian player on the Philadelphia Flyers refused to wear a Pride Night jersey for the 10-minute warm-up before the game. No slogans on the jersey. There's no group names. There's no support gayness. There's nothing on it. Just letters and numbers in a rainbow pattern. And then the jerseys are auctioned off for charity because the players wore them and they had the players' names on them. And one guy wouldn't wear it. Soon after, a Russian in Minnesota demanded out, then one in New York, then a couple of religious nuts in Florida, and now Commissioner Bettman announces that the league will not wear Pride Night jerseys because, quote, it's become a distraction. He announces this during Pride Month. Nor, he says, will they have Heritage Night jerseys, nor Military Night jerseys. Let's see about that. Nor Hockey Fights Cancer Nights jerseys, nor any other Cause Night jerseys worn in pregame. 
oh, oh, the league will still make the jerseys and they'll still have the Knights. Players just won't wear the jerseys. That way, the league can still claim it's having those Knights and supporting inclusion when, in fact, it will destroy the auction value of those jerseys and thus the charities will be the ones who suffer financially. But the league which is doing this because of one reason and one reason only, fear of protest and boycott by the fascists and the evangelical homophobes in this country and in Canada. The League will not suffer financially because it caved. Gary Bettman caved. Gary Bettman gave in to the bigots. And the League can still say hockey is for everyone, even though now it isn't. And if you're dropping the low-key, subtle symbol in which the National Hockey League was telling LGBTQ fans and players and others they were welcomed and safe at hockey games, guess what? They will now know they are not welcomed or safe. And Gary Bettman is worse than a homophobe because he has surrendered to homophobes for money and pretended he is not a spineless scumbag. Gary Bettman, Commissioner of the National Hockey League and spineless scumbag and the team owners who went along with him. Today's worst persons in the world. number one story on the countdown and it's Fridays with Thurber and only occasionally did the great American humorist bend towards the supernatural. Lots of Thurber's characters, like his fictionalized version of his own mother, claim to get messages from beyond the grave and stuff like that. But rarely did Thurber ever go occult in the first person. This is not true in one of my all-time favorites of his stories, The Black Magic of Barney Holler, in which a slight accent turns into something that is just right up against the line of being actually a little scary, but still hilarious. The Black Magic of Barney Holler by James Thurber. It was one of those hot days on which the earth is uninhabitable. Even as early as 10 o'clock in the morning, even on the hill where I live under the dark maples, the long porch was hot, and the wicker chair I sat in complained hotly. My coffee was beginning to wear off, and with it, the momentary illusion it gives that things are right and life is good. There were sultry mutterings of thunder. I had a quick feeling that if I looked up from my book, I would see Barney Holler. I looked up. And there he was, coming along the road, lightning playing about his shoulders, thunder following him like a dog. Barney is, or was, my hired man. He is strong and amiable, sweaty and dependable, slowly and heavily competent. But he is also eerie. He traffics with the devil. His ears twitch when he talks, but it isn't so much that as the things he says. Once in late June, when all of a moment sabers began to flash brightly in the heavens and bowling balls rumbled, I took refuge in the barn. I always have a feeling that I am going to be struck by lightning and either riven like an old apple tree or left with a foot that aches in rainy weather and a habit of fainting. These things happen. 
Barney came in not to escape the storm to which he is, or pretends to be, indifferent, but to put the scythe away. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Suddenly, he said the first of those things that made me, when I was with him, faintly creepy. He pointed at the house. Once I see this boat come down to rock, he said. It is phenomena like that of which I stand in constant dread. Boats coming down rocks. People being teleported. Statues dripping blood. Old regrets and dreams in the form of luna moths fluttering against the windows at midnight. Of course, I finally figured out what Barney meant. Or what I comforted myself with believing he meant. Something about a bolt coming down the lightning rod on the house. A commonplace and utterly natural thing. I should have dismissed it, but it had its effect on me. Here was a stolid man, smelling of hay and leather, who talked like somebody out of Charles Fort's books, or like a traveler back from Oz. And all the time, the lightning was zigging and zagging around him. On this hot morning, when I saw Barney coming along with his faithful storm trudging behind him, I went back frowningly to my copy of Swan's Way. I hoped that Barney, seeing me absorbed in a book, would pass by without saying anything. I read, I myself seemed actually to have become the subject of my book, a church, a quartet, the rivalry between Francis I and Charles V. I could feel Barney standing looking at me, but I didn't look at him. This morning, by and by, said Barney, I go hunt gratches in de woods. That's fine, I said, and turned a page and pretended to be engrossed in what I was reading. Barney walked on. He had wanted to talk some more, but he walked on. After a paragraph or two, his words began to come between me and the words in the book. Bime by, I go hunt grotches in de woods. If you are susceptible to such things, it is not difficult to visualize grotches. They fluttered into my mind. Ugly little creatures about the size of whippoorwills, only covered with blood and honey and the scrapings of church bells. 
grotches. Who and what, I wondered, really was this thing in the form of a hired man that kept anointing me ominously in passing with abracadabra. Barney didn't go toward the woods at once. He weeded the corn. He picked apple boughs off off the lawn. He knocked a yellow jacket's nest down out of a plum tree. It was raining now, but he didn't seem to notice it. He kept looking at me out of the corner of his eye, and I kept looking at him out of the corner of my eye. What time is it, please? He called to me finally. I put down my book and sauntered out to him. When you go for those grotches, I said firmly, I'll go with you. I was sure he wouldn't want me to go. I was right. He protested that he could get the grotches himself. I'll go with you, I said stubbornly. We stood looking at each other, and then abruptly, just to give him something to ponder over, I quoted, I'm going out to clean the pasture spring. I'll only stop to take the leaves away and wait to watch the water clear, I may. I shan't be gone long. You come too. It wasn't, I realized, very good abracadabra, but it served. Barney looked at me in a puzzled way. Yes, he said vaguely. It's five minutes of twelve, I said, remembering he had asked. Then we go, he said, and we trudged through the rain over to the orchard fence and climbed that and opened a gate and went out into the meadow that slopes up to the woods. I had a prefiguring of Barney at some proper spot deep in the woods, prancing around like a goat casting off his false nature, shedding his hired man's garments, dropping his Teutonic accent, repeating diabolical phrases, conjuring up grotches. There was a great slash of lightning and a long bumping of thunder as we reached the edge of the woods. I turned and fled. Glancing over my shoulder, I saw Barney standing and staring after me. It turned out, on the face of it, To be as simple as the boat that came down the rock, grotches were crotches, crotched saplings, which he cut down to use as supports under the peach boughs, because in bearing time they become so heavy with fruit that there was danger of the branches snapping off. I saw Barney later putting the crotches in place. We didn't have much to say to each other. I can see now that he was beginning to suspect me, too. About six o'clock next evening, I was alone in the house and sleeping upstairs. Barney rapped on the door of the front porch. I knew it was Barney because he called to me. I woke up slowly. It was dark for six o'clock. I heard rumblings and saw flickerings. Barney was standing at the front door with his storm at heel. I had the conviction that it wasn't storming anywhere except around my house. There couldn't, without the intervention of the devil or one of his agents, be so many lightning storms in one neighborhood. I had been dreaming of Proust and the church at Cambrai and Madeleines dipped in tea and the rivalry between Francis I and Charles V. My head whirled and I didn't get up. Barney kept on rapping. He called out again. There was a flash, followed by a sharp splitting sound. Now I leaped up. This time I thought, he is here to get me. I had a notion that he was standing at the door barefooted, with a wreath of grape leaves around his head and a wild animal's skin slung over his shoulder. I didn't want to go down, but I did. 
He was, as usual, solid, amiable, dressed like a hired man. I went out onto the porch and looked at the improbable storm now on in all of its fury. This is getting pretty bad, I said, meaningly. Barney looked at the rain placidly. Well, I said irritably, what's up? Barney turned his little squinty blue eyes on me. We go to the Gaddock now and become warbs, he said. The hell we do, I thought to myself quickly. I was uneasy. I was, you might even say, terrified, but I determined not to show it. If he began to chant incantations or to make obscene signs or if he attempted to sling me over his shoulder, I resolved to plunge right out into that storm, lightning and all, and run to the nearest house. I didn't know what they would think at the nearest house when I burst in upon them or what I would tell them, but I didn't intend to accompany this amiable-looking fiend to any garrick and become a warb. I tried to persuade myself that there was some simple explanation, that warbs would turn out to be as innocuous as boats on rocks and grotches in devoods, but the conviction gripped me in the growling of the thunder that here at last was the moment when Barney Holler, or whoever he was, had chosen to get me. I walked toward the steps that led to the lawn and turned and faced him grimly. Listen, I barked suddenly. Did you know that even when it isn't brillig, I can produce slithy toves? Did you happen to know that the Momrath never lived that could outgrabe me? Yeah, and furthermore, I can become anything I want to. Even if I were a warb, I wouldn't have to keep on being one if I didn't want to. I can become a playing card at will, too. Once I was the jack of clubs, only I forgot to take my glasses off and some guy recognized me. I... Barney was backing slowly away toward the petunia box at one end of the porch. His little blue eyes were wide. He saw that I had him. I think I'll go now, he said. And he walked out into the rain. The rain followed him down the road. I have a new hired man now. Barney never came back to work for me after that day. Of course, I figured out, finally, what he meant about the Garrick and the Warbs. He had simply got horribly mixed up in trying to tell me that he was going up to the Garrett and clear out the wasps, of which I have thousands the new hired man is afraid of them. Barney could have scooped them up in his hands and thrown them out a window without getting stung. I am sure he trafficked with the devil. But I am sorry I let him go. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Here are the credits. Most of the music was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, the Countdown musical directors. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel and produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olderman theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc., and performed by the ESPN Philharmonic Orchestra. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my friend Jonathan Banks. Everything else was pretty much my fault. So that's countdown for this, the 899th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup. 
against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him again while we still can. The next scheduled countdown is Monday. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 